So I'm going to take just a minute to set the chancel slightly differently. We are blessed today to have a guest with us. Um, This Sunday is Native American Awareness Sunday, and we are pleased that we have a a guest with us. The Honorable Ron Good is here, and we'll be um, having some conversation with Ron about... uh, the Native Americans in our area and their understandings and seeing those places where our understandings are similar and finding ways that we can um, have a, a mutual relationship of, of understanding and respect. So I'm going to invite Ron to come on up, and um, um, I'll bring that over in just a moment. But um, Okay. But Ron is going to... Um, greet us. Um, In the first service, we had a a time of talking a little bit about the spirituality of Native Americans, the understanding of um, the Creator who has made all things, um, the Holy Spirit of the Creator that um, walks with us and um, has brought life to all living things, and um, even the role of Jesus um, as as uh, Ron puts it, all of it is like mind blowing and, and and big, much bigger than just our little beings. Um, and uh, but all of the that life has that the Creator God has breathed life into all all things have life and breath, and so all things then are uh, are related to us because they all have breath from all have life from the Creator. And so the Native Americans then tried to make family with all things. And so uh, our psalm this morning, Psalm 104, I think, um, expresses from of old this understanding that God has made all things and has provided for um, all things. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about how all things work together um, and and how our psalm um, reminds us of that. But we're going to invite Ron to um, just give a word of grace and introduction um, to the congregation at our eleven fifteen worship. So. Okay. Good morning. Manahu. How are you? Good. Ciao. Yeah. I'm uh, from the North Fork Mono tribe, and uh, <clears throat> Mono, of course, is not our name for our tribe. We are. Known in our own language as Nim means the people Nim, and um, but on the map we're Mono, so that's where we go for. But then we also have about seven different uh, Mono groups throughout, from North Fork to Aubrey to Toll House to uh, Dunlap and uh, Squaw Valley and down on Deer Creek, and so we. Padwisha, so you have a number of places in which the Mono uh, resided at some point in time. So um, thank you for inviting me, and uh, we had a quite a good discussion this morning. And so I've very been very pleased when I'm talking with Pastor Jeanette lately in terms of uh, what you're doing. And uh, you know what what we're doing as as people out on the land and, and with other people. 
and in other indigenous people throughout the world. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that today. And uh, at this point in time, I always like to open with uh, a blessing song uh, and to uh, so that we set our our tone right and our heart right, right, so that we're speaking in in good words. Um, this is a, a blessing song that uh, that I've created over my lifetime. in English just a little bit what were you saying what were you singing um, so it's kind of a, a travel song and it's a blessing song for a renewal and it is offering us a clear path and fresh path as we go on our way and that we go with a good heart and, and open to what we come come to as we travel around uh, and we travel out. Okay, and so for our time right now, we're beginning a journey of our relationship and our path that we're walking together this morning, right? Yes. And so the blessing will then help us to have um, clear hearts and be honest and faithful and respectful with each other and then carry that with us when we get ready to depart from here. Yes? Yes. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. We remember in our own service that, that we start our service by um, greeting one another in the peace, that we might have that peace with us, and we offer a prayer. We sing a song of praise to Jesus to get us focused. We offer a prayer that God would help us in this hour to be very attentive. Very similar, isn't it? Very yes, similar. I think so. So that when we start our journey together in worship, we do very similar things as we start our journey together in our relationship. Very, very similar. Thank you. So one of the things last year, right near the end of the conversation we had, I asked Ron, what kind of things might we be able to do? What more could we do to help um, build bridges with our Native American communities? And he invited us to do meadow restoration. And 
many people got excited about that. As we left, I had a lot of people say to me, that would be really fun. And so we kept in touch, and about half a dozen of us went up last October and had an opportunity to um, um, experience the meadow and share in the restoration. And Ron has brought today um, a board that has... um, many of the different kinds of things that we saw up in the meadow. And so I asked him to bring it in and to talk with us a little bit about um, the native understanding. It's kind of a little hidden by the table, but that's okay. Um, we're going to put it back at the back, and you can look at it more later. But we're gonna, um, he's going to tell us a little bit about the, the understanding of it. But at the top it says forest food web, not food chain, right? Because we often, like when I was in school, we talked about the food chain, but they call it the food web. And I thought that was interesting. And, and reading the psalm this morning about how God has made all of this and, and how God provides for all of this, I thought it would be interesting to learn from Ron a little bit about the understanding of the forest food web. So, Ron, can you tell us more about what's on your board here? Uh, not everything, but a little bit of everything in terms of we look at the center of the board you know what, and, let, me, let me put it right up here. Yeah, so put it on our chair. There we yeah, go. There we go. And, uh, of course, uh, so we start with the black oak here out in the forest. And the importance is that that oak uh, needs to be providing acorn. And so when that's providing acorn, that's providing food for the squirrels and the deer, you know, and the mice and uh, possum, so all these different ones, and sometimes the other birds, like the owls and others that come in there. They also feed off the young trees that the acorn then produces, and of course other animals, insects, enjoy those trees. Those are very important for, for them, and then as they fatten up, then comes the larger animals, and larger birds who then feed off of them. And of course, uh, you know, tied into all these different trees are mushrooms and many other plants, as well as the Native Americans and, and all the rest of us that are out there as well. So uh, how, how do you... Uh, I'm going to turn around and show this to the choir. So that they can see too. How do you how do you divide that up? How do you how do you pick one thing or or not? So and we have a we have a lot of um, I sit on a lot of forums and, and, and collaboratives, and there are a lot of interest and concerns by various groups to protect one one thing, and it gets very difficult to try to throw your arms around something and protect it. That's what I call protecting. You know, like the mother that doesn't want their children to go out in the world because the world is so bad. So we're going to just protect them and hold them, right? And that's kind of what happens with our agencies out there. They they try to protect stuff to where we're not allowing it to grow right. We have, uh, I work with a sequoia park, and uh, I've been burning with them. And, but when they get done with their fire, there's no new trees. I said, where are the new trees? You need to have new life. There's no new life. Something's wrong here. And 
I found some of their trees. They have them encompassed in cages, protecting them, so the deer can't eat them. These are like five years old, and they're twisted, and they're gnarly, and they're barely alive, you know. On the other hand, adjacent to the fire are the young trees that are coming up on their own. They're about three years old, almost as tall as the five-year-old. They're bushy. They look ratty, but they're healthy because the deer has been there eating on them. And then as that tree grows, more limbs sprout out and more limbs grow. And as that tree grows up, it becomes like a big oak. Whereas the one they planted and trying to grow, it's going to be what we call a post oak. It's just going to grow straight up and just be a wood tree. <laughs> it's not going to be what it's supposed to be. So that's what happens when you're trying to protect something. So you need to allow it to grow and try to make sure it has the right nutrients to what it needs, including mushrooms and you know, water, fire, smoke, all these things are a part of, um, a part of earth and, and what we need to have. Okay, cool. So, um, so what I'm hearing is that on the one side we want to be respectful of the earth and not um, scar it and damage it in ways that it can't recover, but on the other side, we don't want to protect it in a way that it also can't thrive. Correct. So, so, that, um, so that both sides have drawbacks and need to listen more carefully to actually observe nature and how it needs to live to, to thrive. Yes? Yes. Okay. All right. So, uh, so that's kind of fun. So that, uh, so that when we're talking, you know, we're having debates about what's the best way to manage resources, and, uh, and there needs to be more actual dialogue and listening rather than just taking sides and posturing, huh? Uh, that part's true, too. Okay. All right. From, from the Native American perspective, at least. All right. So I want to talk a little bit about the concept of web versus a food chain. Um, so on a food chain, there are links, and what they always would teach us when I was in school about the food chain, if one of the links was broken, then the rest of the chain suffered. But in a food chain, you're only connected to one thing that's in front of you. But a web is different than a chain. So can you share with us a little bit more about the understanding of how a web works and why you would call it a food web instead of a well, chain? let's say the pine tree, for instance... And I had a um, caterpillar here. So while the caterpillar is tied up over here with the, with the pine in the forest, he'll also travel clear over into the oaks. And while um, the same thing happens to the various plants, like the elderberry up there in the corner or, or the gooseberry down here in this corner, um, they're important to every aspect. 
And so, like, where we have meadows, if we're restoring that meadow, we're restoring um, life to it. If you're burning, you need to be restoring life, not just burning to burn or burning to burn fuel reduction, but restoring life. And we haven't quite accomplished that with our agencies yet. So that's something that we're we're still trying to impress upon them. Right. Meanwhile, when we do cultural burning, then we're, we are looking at an immediate return. Immediate. Within one month, new sprouts are going to come back. Within three months, this resources, the resources are going to be coming back up. But what happens when we do prescribed fires, we burn so hot, we burn everything out. And then all we're left is with the pine tree. But if all you have is the pine tree, then you don't have the insects, and you don't have the mushrooms, and you don't have the berries, and you don't have things that are feeding the soil as well as feeding all the rest of the animals that are out there. So that's what happens to the web. <laughs> so where is a web, we're all tied together. You can't break that web, you know, but when we do, then we're in trouble. And that's where we are right now, we're in trouble. And everything suffers. Yeah. Everything suffers. And because one of the things you're talking about is the concept of the soil. But when, we're, when in school when I learned about the food chain, we didn't t spend a lot of time talking about the soil, but you're saying that the the tree's role in the soil is just as important as it is above, the part above ground is just as important as the part needs the part below ground too. So can you yeah. tell us a little bit more about how the roots or how the part of the tree that's below ground is helping well, in, our in our food web here? Sure, both. Right? Both. Um, right now we just conducted two cultural burns in Mariposa um, in February and in March. And we were burning the plant bushes that were dying. They were dying from uh, age and dying from uh, lichen and dying from a, what they call a California daughter, D-O-D-D-E-R, and it is a parasite. So when those bushes are dry, they don't hold any water in the soil the water runs off. And so when it runs off, all your topsoil is running off, all your nutrient is running off. So when you burn, then you're getting rid of the old dying bushes, but you don't burn so hot that you kill the root system. Then we take the ash and we mix all the ash up and bring in topsoil and so when we walk away, it's not gray, it's brown. And then when the first waters come, immediately, within two weeks, three weeks, we have new growth. Within a few months, that whole patch is covered up. I have been out on burns with the forest and with the park and seen ash pieces as big as this area that we're sitting in still there from years ago when they burned 
it's not going away. <laughs> and nothing's growing there either. So it's like, no, that's not what you do. That's what you, you have to come back in and rework it. But even a wildfire, some parts of it, it burns so hot, you know, you're not, you're not going to get no new growth there because of that, that ash deposit. But on the outskirts of that wildfire, I've been around big, big wildfires. And as you drive down the road, you have a blackened bush, completely burned. But within one week, you've got brand new sprouts coming out of the root system of that tree, returning. And then the creeks, after a big burn has gone through, boy, their water has come up. And their creek, which was a little narrow stream, now has widened and everything's green and bushy alongside of it as it goes down because that water has returned as well. And so there is a return that happens, even with a major wildfire, but much slower in different spots. So when you're doing it manually, then you need to be taking care of how you're returning that. So, you know, long ago we did lots of fires. Fires burning all the time. But we didn't burn very much. But you've got to constantly burn. Today we, we try to burn larger acreages, hundreds of acres at one time, and then that's all we get to burn. Instead of burning smaller constantly. And then it won't be filling up the air as much either when you burn smaller, smaller amounts. You, you roll in a mariposa sometime, and you'll see a dozen fires going. And nobody's complaining because the smoke's not bad. And it burns smaller. They're burning small. But when you travel around the ranches, they're all cleaned up. They look really good, and they're... Their canopy is raised up, and you can see underneath their trees, and their green grass is good, and there's deer out there, turkeys out there. That's the way it's supposed to be. Okay. So, um, the web, when we, um, I'm going to set this aside now. The web that has been created, how God has created everything and has blessed it all to work together in harmony and, um, and humans being how we are, we tend to muck things up a little bit, um, but, uh, um, but we're capable of great good as well, right? But um, sometimes we muck up uh, just being human, right? Like, like Paul describes all of humanity as the body of Christ. He says, you're all part of this one body. And he says, you know, if the ear says, because I'm not a nose, I can't be part of the body, that doesn't mean it's not part of the body. So Paul tells us. Even if, even if it says I'm not part of the body, it's part of the body. And Paul says, you can't have just nose. You can't have just ear. You have to have everything to make the fullness of the body. And so that's part of the reason why we have Native American Awareness Sunday is to help us see our connectedness together, to see the ways that we're more alike than different, to see the ways where we have not been respectful in our relationships, um, 
not taken seriously um, the other people's points of view and understandings, and how that has undermined the well-being of humans. So in, um, in our country here, when we started having immigrants from Europe, um, at some point the Europeans began to um, expand and they began practicing genocide on the native peoples. And that has happened even in our own state, where there was a time when the, the government, the official government of the state of California, would pay people for the heads or the scalps of native peoples. And we might say, oh, but well, we're not doing that anymore. So why are we even talking about this? Part of the reason why we need to talk about it is because we're still all connected. And the damage that was done is not repaired by just pretending we never damaged, that damage didn't happen. We need to be able to acknowledge the damage that was done and to name it as sin. Say that was wrong. What was done was wrong. It was sinful. And that's not how we want to live anymore, to name it. And why would that be important today? Just in the last two weeks, how many horrendous crimes have been perpetrated by people who espouse white supremacy understandings? And that's, that's what led to the genocide of the Native peoples, was white people had this idea that we're more important, you're in our way, we will move you, we will kill you, we will isolate you so that we have access to the resources that we want. And that continues to happen in our world today. And so it's important for us to say, you know what, that was done and that was wrong and that was sinful. And continuing to do that is continuing to damage our interconnectedness. We're never going to be able to find peace as long as we allow that kind of behavior to go unchallenged. So if we want a world that has the abundant life that God has promised to all people through Jesus, then we have to name the sin of the past and denounce it and look for the insidious roots. As Ron has talked about in the trees, how the roots put up new plants. Even when you burned off the old stuff, the roots put up new plants. And so if we don't dig down and find the roots and eradicate the roots of racism, they put up new sprouts in new places. We want to make sure they're not taking root in our own hearts. And we want to make sure that we point it out when it's taking root in our communities so that we can get rid of that which is destroying, which is destroying our world. And so that's why the United Methodist Church has asked all local congregations to develop relationships with the Native peoples in their area to find out more about how we're alike to learn a little bit about the different kinds of wisdom that there are and to recognize that what has been done in the past continues to have echoes and ramifications in our world today. And until we name it as sin and repent and turn away from that and actively work to remove that, it's going to continue to undermine our world. So, Ron, I want to thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome. I want to thank you for taking the time to come and share with us a little bit. I want to invite you to join me in a prayer. Loving God, we are grateful for the great diversity of our world. We are grateful for the 
beauty of all the different kinds of flowers, of all the different animals, of all the different plants, and especially we are grateful for all the different people. We are grateful for how you have brought so many different peoples together in this room today and in the congregation here. We are blessed by this richness of diversity. We ask that you would forgive us for those times when we have been arrogant, thinking that we had all the answers, or thinking that we didn't need to listen to anyone else, or thinking that we could ridicule somebody else because we disagreed with them. Please forgive us and help us to be humble of heart, willing to learn, open to your guidance, looking for Jesus in every person that we meet so that we might be able to offer your love and your reconciliation and that we might be useful to you in building your holy realm in our world, in our time. And we pray all of this in your precious holy name through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. So um, I'd ask you as you're able, can you stand and join in our hymn?